Hello, everyone. It's JJ. I'm speaking to you at the beginning.、Uh, don't worry, there'll be more of Joe after this. But I just wanted to talk about a couple things now because we're going to do something a little special at the end. You'll see. As for now, just wanted to let everyone know who helped and worked on the episode. That being, of course, Colin Fodier with the editing. Me, of course, as Joe. And we've got Frost Alexander again as Park Ranger Dave. Now, with all that, I always, of course, want to say thank you not just to the people who worked on this, but to the people who have been listening to it. You all have been awesome, and I just I love hearing from you. If you ever want to tell us about what you think of an episode or vote in the polls that I do whenever I release a new episode, be sure to look us up、um, on Twitter at After Disaster BC. And then we also have a Tumblr.、Uh, I don't. I don't talk about it too much, but we have a Tumblr where I post, basically, just post-apocalyptic pictures and more survival tips. So that one is the After Disaster Broadcast. Tumblr. Com. And then, of course, if you really love the show, and I know, I know you do, then please leave us a nice little review on iTunes. A bunch of you already have, and. Oh man, I I go back and read them. I really do, and I appreciate every single one of them. And if you do write us a nice little review on iTunes,、uh, be sure to email us at theafterdisasterbroadcast@gmail.com, and we will send you a nice little sticker as a thank you. So that's a that's a nice little incentive. And if you want any other incentives, also we do have a Patreon, just like all those other podcasts you listen to. And we'd love it, even if you just give us a dollar a month. That helps us with with all all the people who help make this possible. And we're starting to work on making some new bonus content, maybe new bonus episodes. So definitely get in on that right now. And besides that, we leave you with this new episode. This is the After Disaster Broadcast, created by JJ Ranvier. Serious question, like very serious question. Does New York State have some regulation that every few farms there has to be a gross restaurant? Oh, oh, and why, dear God, why are these overpriced, glorified food courts always named after groups who definitely deserve better? Oh, that's two questions. Oh, I stand by them both. Location update. Hangrytown, USA. Okay, you know, kidding, of course, but with real towns out there like Intercourse and Hell, it's believable. <laughs> Hangrytown is population me and probably the others. After we stopped by another restaurant that promised, okay, made me remember the existence of French fries, but deceases humelum penis, no fries. No jerky in the convenience store for Scout either. The only thing more abundant in New York State, besides those badly named rest stops, is badly named tiny towns. 
We're back on the highway and looking for another small place named after a big country. Because there's places out here like Mexico and Wales and even Eden. Oh, well, that one's not a country, but you get it. Oh. Oh. What is that? Oh. Scout! Jihoon! Look! Look! Fellow survivors. Oh. Hello, survivors. My white backside is showing a lot, but it doesn't matter. We have found a warehouse. But not just any warehouse, a target warehouse. The mother load, the, the holy place with which all things you didn't need and all the things you were supposed to buy come from. It's just along the side of the road, in, in the middle of nowhere, like a retail oasis in the desert. We came here for food, so of course we've ended up finding everything else. Though we, I guess we did find some trail mix and. Uh. Hello? Uh, I. I. It must have been. I heard another person, but it's probably Scout and Jihoon. I. I'm here with the cart while they go looking for stuff. <laughs> I hope whatever they have got with them, they have room in the cart for, because I want some things too, so. Okay, I, I really heard something this time. That doesn't sound like, Scout, is that you? I get it, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little chicken, but, <gasps> Ooh, sorry to jump off a cliffhanger like that. I'm leaving the Oasis currently, though not without some unexpectedness before. Though, any time the unexpectedness is not leaving in someone's trunk is an accomplishment these days. Okay, okay. So, earlier, I had heard someone else, not Scout, not Jihun, from behind a tall shelf stepped this large man. And by large, I mean bigger than me in length and width. Not that that's hard, that hard to do, but still. He was this apathetic bear turned into a human, and I almost screamed, but then I remembered I had a shotgun, and then almost screamed because someone had trusted me with a shotgun. But, but, I managed to aim it and not shake too much, but he just ignored me. Didn't even see my gun when he went down the aisle and grabbed a box of, I guess, based on the labels, decorative pillows? Very useful in the apocalypse, those pillows. Either way, he got to rummaging through it, and even with that... It took me a few seconds, a few yoga breaths, if you will, before I was able to ask, Hello? Who are you? And then... I wasted the... Oh, so wonderful. Jump an octave when I'm nervous or drunk thing. Though, only this time I was nervous, so it came out as a, Hello? Who are you? He told me his name was Alan, still looking in the box before looking at me, and then... Then he acknowledged that I have a gun in his general direction. And he looked scared for a moment before going back to rummaging in the box. And I was annoyed. And then more annoyed when he started telling me about how I was holding the gun wrong. Started getting snippy. And that was what Scout heard when she returned right at that moment. Riding on a light-up scooter with a bunch of bags of jerky in her arms, of course. She started with an, are you talking to yourself, chick? But stopped and stared when she noticed him. And it was just a, a moment too long, so I worried she was having a 
panic or anxiety attack, whatever the difference between those two is. But just when I start to form a plan about how to keep aiming the gun at him and go poker, she walked right over and right up to this large bearded man and offered her hand to him. Just shook his hand and was like, hi, I'm Scout. And then was like, Joe, don't point this gun at this lovely man. Lovely? Lovely? And he didn't even take me seriously? But thankfully, as always, Jihan came right back then and made sense of this whole mess of ridiculousness, as she always does. She also asked him who this guy was, and all the while staring and smiling and reaching back for the knife and her back pocket, and then I start debating whether or not to give the more steady human this more steady weapon. Then, then, Scout giggled. Yeah. Not snorted. Not guffawed. Giggled. And Jihan and I gave each other the side eye, finally figuring what was going on way slower than we should. And Alan sees that we don't plan to put any holes in him, so he just shrugs and walks back down the aisle. And we had to go grab Scout to basically keep her from following him around. I give them whatever lowdown I have, and Alan continues grabbing boxes and not talking to us. And Scout keeps asking him questions when he comes back. And he's... He's like... He's not rude to us, but he's just a lot nicer to her, like answering her questions when she asks, and starts telling her how he's been traveling around and collecting supplies. I guess he just felt comfortable telling us all these things because he could tell we were pretty much harmless. And so she, she, not knowing how harmless he is, starts telling him everything we've been up to. Not seeing us making the throat-cutting, stop talking to the stranger in a freaking warehouse signal. But she keeps asking until he says that he's been driving around in a truck and trading with whatever towns have survived the disaster. So Scout asked with a delight I have yet to see from her, Oh my, you are a truck driver? I've never heard someone ask if they're a trucker with the same level of glee that, I don't know, you usually hear when someone finds out someone is in a band, or (laughs) maybe someone who doesn't know better finding out a guy does stand-up comedy. She asks, and he's like, Oh no, my wife is the driver. And I have never had a bigger simultaneous sigh of relief than when me and Jihun released our spinkers, realizing that this wasn't just some dude alone on the road. Scout did not share our relief. I've never seen a woman go so elated to dejected. She perked up a little when he asked if she wanted to come see the truck and sprinted after him before we could stop her. We got outside to see a... covered wagon pulled by a massive horse. Not a truck, though. Closer examination, it it looks like it was a a wagon made of a a bunch of former truck parts, like the frame and a couple of other things. Before we could really register our surprise, a bright-eyed Latinx woman started waving to us from the driver's seat with a a cheery, oh, hi! Their demeanors could not be any more different. Oh, oh, And I started hearing her chat up her husband in Spanish. And then he wasn't really responding in Spanish, so it seems like he knows enough Spanish to understand her. But he was only talking back to her in English. So, so I took this opportunity to introduce us in Spanish. And 
and got us invited to dinner. So, don't tell anybody, but my Spanish isn't as good as my Latin or my Clint. I'm back in the warehouse, uh, grabbing a few things Rosa suggested before we hit the road. I was, oh, yeah, um, dinner was lovely. Scout still made a few sad attempts to flirt with Alan while Rosa just kept excitedly talking to me in Spanish. Like, I'm a, I'm a little rusty, but, I mean, she's good to, to listen to, and I can apparently respond more than her husband. And she's so interesting. So even though she was talking fast, I just was hanging on her every word about how being a trucker before the end of everything, how staying inside when she was ordered to was making her antsy, and how just to get outside one time, she went to check on her neighbors one day and found them dead. So she took their horse and... Gee... Um, Scout... Is that you? I'm gonna get the masks. I'm just checking on a thing or two as well. That sounded like another person. I should... No, no. I'm gonna get out of here. This is how every woman in a horror movie dies, by going to check on the mysterious noise by herself. Grab the mask and get in the fuck out. Personal update? Still no fries, but... Um, but on the way out of the warehouse, I found peanut butter. It was so good, I'm eating with my, my hands. <laughs> Location update? Stopping by the first legit-looking barn we've seen in a while to find some hay for the horse. Because, yep, we're currently hitching a ride with Rosa and Alan. Though, only as far as... Because after that, they're going to head on south. And I'm surprised Scout didn't jump on that, but... After I got out of the warehouse, I found out that we had charmed them enough for Rosa to make an executive decision and let us catch a ride. And the funny thing so far on the ride is Scout's fictional affections have wavered, and she's now completely enamored with Rosa, spending all of the ride so far asking her questions about being a trucker, and Rosa is loving it. <laughs> and Chihun and I are in the back also enjoying it and being amused by it all. I told her that I thought Scout might be in love, and she was like, with which one? And at some point when Scout and Alan and Rosa were all in conversation, after just chugging with her a bit, I asked Jihan one of my interviewer questions. And I, d I don't know what made me so bold. I, I, I still can't believe I said it, but I, I did. I was straight to the point with her, well straight as I can be, I asked her if she had ever been in love. <laughs> I thought she would give me one of her usual answers, a shrug or a glare that makes me regret learning how to use my vocal cords, but I got my favorite reaction, one of her almost smiles, and just a, a simple yes. The near smile gave me a, a bit of a confidence boost, and I asked her, are you still? The smile was gone, and she made some comment about checking the supplies and started moving to the back where our wagon was and away from me and putting some boxes of stuff between us. I knew, I or at least should have figured that... But I wanted to know, just 
I want to know my companions. That's all. I'm trying not to angst about that fark up so that when later I asked you for help with holding a shotgun, it's not so hard, but of course, while I have a few seconds to myself, while I'm trying to find a place to pee, I'm thinking about it and near the oh. <laughs> oh, I haven't sworn like that in a while. I've, I've just been jumpy since the warehouse, just feeling like something or, or someone is following us. But that, that was just the horse getting excited because it just saw Alan bring out some hay. Okay, so time to find a place to pee like the wind. Without peeing into my shoes, though. Location update? Stopped at another farm for the night. Or last night with Rosa and Alan before they drop us off. Maybe it's for the best. <laughs> Alan, I, I, I was kind of right about. He, he could be a little bit rude, bordering on sexist. And I'm not big things, but he definitely interrupts Rosa a lot. And, of course, always in English. And, and... Oh, God, I can't. He tried to explain the pros and cons of MREs to Jihun. You know, the one who was in the Air Force. <sighs> it even made Scout start looking at him not in the same way as before. <sighs> but Rosa, I'm really going to miss. Especially, especially after earlier tonight. I was... At the beginning of my patrol, first patrol in a while, still feeling a bit nervous about the shotgun, but really I was feeling kind of lonely, staring out at the cornfields, well, what used to be cornfields, <clears throat> but they're all weighed down with ash and rain. Earlier, when we got here, Scout tried to be brave and risk the ash pile to find something, but it's just dusty mulch at this point. She gave up after a few minutes of stomping around, and then continued to stomp around a bit to get some of her frustration out. Anyway, not much to look at, but there's more that's bothering me. And earlier, Rosa came out and joined me and, and immediately named what had been unnerving me. El Silencio. She thankfully didn't stop there, of course. Tell me how she noticed that when she started traveling on her own and sleeping on the truck on her own, there was never true silence. There was always something, the wind, the buzz of a street lamp, the occasional animal. But now, sometimes, she can't sleep because in the dead of night, it is truly, completely silent. I hugged her and thanked her. But I, I wish I had told her about the silence that scares me, the, the silence of the airwaves. About waiting in my uncle's basement, listening to updates on the radio, waiting for the all clear that never came. I waited and waited until one day, everything cut out. The day the radio died. Ever since then, I feel just this this impending silence, and right now this field, this field is just an expanse of silence, no bugs, no plants, no animals in the barn, 
part of why I keep broadcasting is... Ah, fuck! And that's why little noises, when there shouldn't be, scare the poop out of me. Oh, that's probably Dave. Mm, maybe... No, she's, she's not looking for me. Joe? I can hear you. What? Uh, oh, I, I'm... I'm not angsting. <laughs> it's fine. Well, maybe it's time to start worrying. What do you mean? Joe, um, I don't know how to say this. I, I haven't been passing every message to you along the chain. What do you mean, Dave? Look, just nothing big, all right? Just, there have been some rumors, and most of them have turned out to not be true. So, you know, I'm trying to look out for you here. I just didn't want you to worry about things that were just rumors. But now they're not just rumors. I'm so sorry, Joe. I try and stay positive, even when things are bad, but... Dave, what is it? There'd been rumors. People talking about certain types of doomsday preppers getting fresh and... Ugh. Like, the type of guys who answered yes to wouldn't a nuclear apocalypse be exciting in a certain light? Exactly. But after the expected first wave of violence, after everything fell apart, the preppers, they didn't, they didn't emerge like we thought they might. But now, now I'm getting reports of two towns being destroyed on the East Coast, nearish to you. <coughs> Joe! Joe! Oh God, Joe, are you okay? Oh, dear, that... I'm sorry, it was... It was a deer. <laughs> I... I just thought... I keep thinking that something is... <laughs>